The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the windup of his first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. Deep to right field. Way up there. They're going to wave him in. I don't believe it. My, oh, my. And look who's coming up. You have got to be kidding me. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Okay, play ball. Ah, the postseason is here. Welcome to Payoff Pitch. We are presented by BetMGM. You can find all of our Payoff Pitch picks by searching Payoff Pitch Podcast, the three Ps in the Action Network app. Again, you want to make sure you type in Payoff Pitch Podcast to not confuse yourself with other Payoff Pitch stuff. I'm your host, Brendan Glasheen, with Action Network Senior Editor Colin Whitchurch. The two of us will be here for the majority of our shows over the next four weeks once we get to the Fall Classic and we'll have rotating Action Network writers that cover Major League Baseball. Joining us today, it is Anthony DeBundo who comes in his Philadelphia Phillies gear and we will get to the Phillies later on in the program. As a reminder, we will be coming to you every weekday, just about with a few exceptions, non-game days throughout the postseason. So without further ado, Let's discuss Friday's slate. We've got Rays Guardians to kick us off just after noon Eastern. Then we got the Phillies taking on the Cardinals just after two. Mariners, Blue Jays at four. Padres, Mets at eight. It's exciting. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to get through each of the series, discuss a favorite play for the game ones, and then we'll also mix in some series stuff just as the guys discuss their picks for game one specifically. And then they'll get... Uh, a best bet for each of those game ones. But first, since we haven't had a game yet, Colin Whitchurch, how about a best bet future for the wild card round? Yeah, Brennan, my favorite bet is the Rays in their series against the Cleveland Guardians. Was a little surprised to see the Rays coming in as underdogs in this series. I know they won fewer games than the Guardians, but they have some significant advantages in this matchup. The most significant of which is their left-handed pitching and the fact that they're probably going to start two left-handed pitchers in this series against Cleveland. We know game one, we're going to see Shane McClanahan on the mound. 
Jeffrey Springs is another starting pitching option. We don't know who's starting game two or game three. Drew Rasmussen could be in the mix. Corey Kluber could even be in the mix. But if I'm manager Kevin Cash, this analytically minded front office and managerial staff, Springs is going to factor into this series in some way, shape, or form. That is notable because the Guardians, who already have the worst offense by weighted runs created plus of any team that qualified for the playoffs, they have a significant split disadvantage when facing left-handed pitching. Their season-long weighted runs created plus against lefties is just 84. That's 16% below league average and fourth worst in all of baseball during the regular season. Against left-handed pitching, the only offenses they were better than were the Diamondbacks, Pirates, and Marlins. Last I checked, none of those three teams qualified for the postseason. Tampa doesn't have a lot of southpaws in their bullpen, but that's something we need to factor in as well because Cleveland obviously has such a dominant bullpen. They do have some lefties there that I think they'll deploy in key spots. Brooks Raley's in there. Garrett Clevenger's in there since coming over from LA. I think they're two southpaws that Kevin Cash is going to trust to get big outs when needed. Finally, it's the AL Central factor, or I should say the Central Division factor. The fact that the Guardians... They had a dominant end of the season, dominant September. I think they went 22-7 and in the month of September. They beat up on the AL Central. They were pretty average against teams that were not in the AL Central. The Guardians actually went 47-29 and against the four other AL Central teams this year, and their run differential in those games was plus 80. Against the rest of the league, they were 45-41. and Still a little bit above 500, but not much, with a minus 16 run differential. So they're actually an average-ish team when they're not facing the AL Central. We saw last year the Central Division teams crashed and burned once they got to the postseason. Three teams qualified last year, the Guardians, White Sox, and Twins, all crashed and burned as soon as they got to the postseason. Not saying necessarily that's the reason this is going to happen again, but we look at Tampa's edges here, and there's plenty of reason to believe it's going to happen again. Cleveland did go 4-2 and two against Tampa this year. Uh, it, it should be worth noting, however, three of those games were just a week ago when neither Cleveland nor Tampa had anything to play for. So I think you can kind of throw those out the window. So I like the Rays to come out of this series, advance to the ALDS. I got a plus 108. I think it's some in the plus 105 to plus 110 range. Anything is plus money in front of it. I like it. I like Tampa. Okay. Plus 100 as we speak right now on BetMGM. Guardians are minus 120. For the series, these are the two the, the two teams that are closest together in terms of odds. When you look at all four of these series, we are going to discuss. And I, I am fascinated by the bullpens for both teams. Two teams that are very high in baseball and bullpen ERA. So that will be a a chess match. Francona v. Cash of how they use arms. And you you highlighted some of the uh, the lack of left handed arms coming out of that uh, bullpen for for Tampa. So that will be fun to watch. Anthony DeBundo, your favorite future for this wild card round yeah you know uh, i have to be honest i am a phillies fan so that you know people say i'm biased i bet against the phillies probably as much as i bet on them but i think this is a great phillies spot uh and i think that the phillies match up as well as any team in all of baseball in a three-game series because of zach wheeler and aaron nola and aaron nola just finished a season where he was the second pitcher in the history of baseball to have more than 230 strikeouts and less than 30 walks that is elite production now his biggest problem has been homers he goes to play in a more favorable park now on the road in st louis not as much of a homer issue there as maybe at home against at citizens bank park zach wheeler made two starts against the cardinals this season 14 innings 10 strikeouts no runs allowed one walk so wheeler dominated this lineup twice 
Also, the Cardinals are in their worst offensive split. Cardinals top two, or arguably first, you know, for, of, the, of the playoff teams since the White Sox are out. Sorry, Colin. The best offense in the playoffs against left-handed pitching. Why? Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, Albert Pujols. They're three arguably best hitters, all hit from the right side, all crush left-handed pitching. The Phillies will be able to go righty-righty to start this series. I think that gives them a solid edge. I like them on the series price at plus 115. It goes beyond that, too. The Phillies' bullpen, are there depth concerns? Yes. Am I worried about the bullpen in a longer series? Yes. But in a three-game series, they have three to four reliable relievers that are pitching really, really well right now that I trust more to at least play even or close to even with the St. Louis bullpen. Also, I mean, think about the difference in the starting pitching here. Jose Quintana has been good this year. Credit to him. He's going up against a great Phillies lineup against left-handed pitching Phillies, third best lineup against lefties as well. So I love the Phillies at plus money here. I think this is a little bit of a coin flip. If it gets to a game three, maybe the Cardinals have a small edge, but the first two games, the Phillies have an edge over the Cardinals in this series. And I think they're going to take advantage of it. I don't blame either one of you staying away from Seattle and Toronto because to me, do you really want to bet against the Mariners? If you like that Blue Jays lineup and what the Blue Jays have done this season and well, the Mets as uh, Anthony's familiar with that division, um, the Mets can met, uh, but they should from a price standpoint too. You're not getting much value on the Mets. If you just take them to win the series against the Padres. So uh, good stuff from both of you guys. So, Moving on, we've hit on the series. Now we want to discuss game one, the, the game ones throughout. So let's go series by series. We'll go right in order from how they start. So we'll start with McClanahan-Bieber is the pitching matchup in Rays-Guardians. Colin, your best bet for the game, game one, Guardians-Rays. Yeah, the battle of Shanes. And after I just waxed poetic about the Rays for a couple of minutes, it's going to be no surprise to hear that I'm taking the Rays here, I'm actually focused more on the first five money line because I mentioned the Guardians bullpen advantage does give me a little bit pause about the first full game. So I think there's a little bit more value on the first five money line. Talked a lot about the lefty advantage that the Rays have. So I did want to note McClanahan. There is some concern with McClanahan here. He came back from injury, made four starts in September, did not look like himself. The Rays were cautious with him. He only threw as many as 83 pitches in a game. He did never throw more than that. However, those four starts, they came two against the Blue Jays, two against the Astros, two of the best offensive teams in baseball. He's also coming into this start with an extra day of rest because he pitched on October 1st. So I have some faith that McClanahan's going to look a little bit more like his true self. And as I mentioned, Cleveland's weighted runs created plus against lefties. They have two regulars who are good against lefties. That's Andres Jimenez and Ahmed Rosario. Josh Naylor probably won't even play in this game. He had one plate appearance against a lefty all season. Jose Ramirez's WRC plus drops down to 97 against lefties. Steven Quams drops down to 85. Talk about the splits advantage. Tampa going against a righty and Shane Bieber. They're actually not as good against righties, but the drop-off is not as stark as it is for Cleveland. They're 99 weighted runs created plus against righties. So about league average. And they have a lot of hitters who can hit righties. Eman Choi, the 116, Harold Ramirez, 104, Yandy Diaz, 141, and Randy Rosarina, 115. Jamie Bieber actually faced Tampa a few months ago. He allowed four earned runs over six innings. And I do want to mention an X factor for Tampa in this series. He kind of was a forgotten man this year as he dealt with injuries. Wander Franco, obviously we know the skill and the talent level from this former number one overall prospect. 
battled injuries all year long. From September 1st through the end of the season, he hit 322, 381, 471 with nine walks against just seven strikeouts. So Ray's first five money line plus 110. I'm also going to sprinkle a little bit of player prop on there to Wander Franco over one and a half total bases plus 150. Red hot right now. Love his matchup against Bieber. Excellent. And just a reminder, I should have said this off the top. Those of you not familiar in this wild card round, all three games, if there is a necessary game three, will be at the the hosting team from game one. So Toronto, Cleveland, New York, and St. Louis are all home uh, throughout this this series. So uh, that's worth noting in case you're not familiar, because baseball has mixed around their, their rules here um, in uh, recent memory. Best bet for game one, Guardians, Rays, Anthony. Yeah, I like the Rays too. I took the money line. I'm not making it my biggest wager because I already have the series price as well. I know Colin bet it. I bet it too. I'm keeping this one a little bit smaller. I think Colin mentioned it with the the concern about McClanahan. I'm still a little concerned about McClanahan. He really hasn't been the same guy in the second half of the season that he was in the first half when he started the all-star game and was the favorite for the Cy Young in the first half of the season. Strikeout minus walk rate was 4% 4% better than everybody else in baseball. Now he's just been a really good pitcher, not an elite ace type pitcher. Uh, Shane Bieber is somebody that I have faded and lost money fading this season. Uh, not the biggest believer in him, but really this comes down to the Cleveland offense still. They, and it's not just that they're bad against lefties. They have no power at all. Josh Naylor not being in the lineup. Ramirez, not as much pop. They have the worst power ISO in the entire league against left-handed pitching. It's a big concern for the guards in this game. So I like, I like the race. Looking at the action app for this game one, 51%. So just over 50% of the bets coming in on Cleveland, Cleveland money line to win game one. But then 69% of the money is on Tampa. So the folks uh, like the Rays, the people like the Rays. Yeah, and one more thing, you know, Cleveland's kind of the Babbitt gods, right? Like they get a lot of infield singles. They, yep. uh, they, they try to string together a lot of singles. The Rays are a top five Babbitt Ballad team this year. I mean, they put their guys in positions to make plays. They're always well aligned. I think it's going to be harder to do that with no pop in the lineup and no, you're not going to get as many of the cheap hits against the Rays. Not that they're an elite defensive team necessarily, but they don't allow Babbitt. I mean, they, they put themselves in the right place. So Anthony, I'll go right back to you because you know, you got the Phillies Jersey on and I think we got to We got to give you the floor first on this one. Phillies cards, Game one, and just and the, the Phillies have the longest odds of any playoff team to win the World Series. They're plus 3,000 on BetMGM for the series, as we've highlighted, plus 110. That's Anthony's favorite future for this wild card round. What do you make of the Phillies? I would imagine it's a Phillies angle of Phillies play in game one. Yeah, the Phillies' first five is minus 110 at BetMGM uh, as of recording, and I love that bet. I think that that is a clear mispriced on Zach Wheeler versus Jose Quintana. Quintana's about a run worse based on pretty much every projection you can look at. And that's just based on this season. Wheeler has looked elite since coming back from injury. He missed about three weeks in late August, early September. There was some concerns about him. It seemed like the Phillies were just kind of resting him. He's come back. He's made three starts. He's pitched 15 innings. He has now allowed one run. He struck out 15 and he's walked one. So that's a dominant showing from Wheeler. Extremely impressive. Uh, and he faced, like I said, he faced the Cardinals twice and dominated them in both of those matchups. The game gets tighter once you get to the bullpen. Wheeler has not thrown more than 73 pitches. That's the only red flag with Wheeler here is that how deep can the Phillies really ride him because they weren't able to get him deep. They wanted to get him deep on Sunday against Washington, but the, the forecast was uh, the mound was a mess and it was raining the whole day. So they, they pulled him after five. So he has not gone six, seven innings yet. 
That is the only red flag, but in a first five bet, you don't have to worry about that. Phillies have the better lineup, better split, better starter by a full run. Love the Phillies first five. Okay, Colin, you've yet to weigh in on the series, the game. How are you approaching game one from a best bet for this series, Phillies Cardinals game one? Yeah, Rays Guardians, I went first five. Anthony went full game. Phillies Cardinals, Anthony went first five. I'm going full game. I trust the Phillies the whole way. It's actually funny. This line opened around uh, the Phillies were more significant underdogs before we knew who was starting for St. Louis. It's kind of a surprise to some that they went with Jose Quintana. That line moved in Philly's direction, but I don't think it moved enough. I agree with Anthony there. Still like Philly there at minus 110. Mentioned the starting pitcher edge. And it's funny because the assumption is that St. Louis went with Quintana because they want a lefty on the mound to combat Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber. But Philly's actually a better offensive team against left-handed pitching overall. 115 weighted runs created plus ranked sixth in all of Major League Baseball. Quintana has been phenomenal for the Cardinals since they acquired him from Pittsburgh. Since the start of September, he made six starts as a 0.81 ERA. One of those six starts came against the Dodgers. So give him full credit for that. The other starts came against the Nationals, Reds, the Fading Brewers, and twice against the Pirates. So I'm not fully believing that Quintana is a good enough pitcher to go toe-to-toe with Zach Wheeler here. You know, he, he's been beating his peripherals all season long, 293 ERA, 385 expected ERA, 372 expected fit, but Wheeler still beats him in every way, shape, and form. You talk about the bullpen edges, Phillies bullpen has been much improved this season. I think that the bullpens are essentially a wash. If you look at the defensive metrics, the Cardinals have obviously been one of the best defensive teams in baseball for a couple of years running now. If you look at the Phillies defensive metrics, they're pretty far down there. But if you just break it up by the first half to second half, Philly's defense is a lot better in the second half since they acquired Brandon Marsh, made some changes. The Philly's defense isn't as bad as advertised, I guess, is what I'm saying. So I don't give St. Louis as big of an edge there as you might think. So, yeah, Philly's Wheeler against Quintana. I can't believe you're getting – if you had said in a vacuum, you get Zach Wheeler against Jose Quintana and the Phillies are minus 110, you jump all over that. I think you, you don't overthink this. You go with Philly in game one. Yeah, the Phillies pitched uh, – Wheeler pitched a similar situation. It was a Friday night game, first of the series, in St. Louis against Wainwright when Wainwright was still pitching well before he fell off, and they were minus 110 in that game. So unless you think – If I remember is, correctly, that might have been July 4th weekend, something like that. Uh, it was the week after. Then? July 4th, week after. Philly came – or St. Louis came to Philly, and then Philly went to St. Louis the following weekend. Uh, and Wheeler started the Sunday night game on Sunday night baseball, seven shutout, and then gave up one run – uh, or excuse me, no, give up no runs again, seven shutout again that Friday night. So uh, like, I'm not, obviously that's like two games of a sample, but my point is the numbers on those closes were minus 110 against Wainwright on the road. Now it's minus 110 against Kitana on the road. Not much else has changed. I mean, Brandon Marsh came in. It's, it looks like hometown boy, Matty Veerling is going to get to start in center better against lefties. Uh, he's from St. Louis. So a little bit of a hometown story for him, but uh, I'm excited. Phillies baseball is back in the playoffs for the first time in 11 years. Okay, very good. Again, the line, money line for uh, both first five and full game, minus 110, both sides. So Vegas thinks it's a coin flip, this game one, based on the uh, based on the odds. Okay, moving along. Now, this is where it gets good because we haven't talked about these two series yet. Mariners, Blue Jays. Seattle, 25-1 to 1 to win the World Series. Blue Jays at 15-1. to 1. For the series, Seattle plus 140. Toronto, the favorite at minus 165. Um, again, we're talking game one, though, for these bets. These guys already gave their favorite futures 
through Wild Card Weekend. So looking at game one between the Mariners and Blue Jays, you got the new Mariner. He's not new anymore. Luis Castillo, locked up, big extension, against Alec Manoa, who is the star at the All-Star game. Colin, what do you like for the this game one? Yeah, definitely don't have a good feel for the series here with Seattle and Toronto. I'm excited to see Roger Center rocking in the postseason. Yeah. Missed out on that opportunity last couple of years with uh, COVID restrictions, but it's going to be back rocking. You guys remember that Toronto, Texas series back in like 2016? And they had David and, Price. And Jose Batista, yes, you know, ending yeah. the universe with that big home run that led to Rudneto door sucker punching him a year later. Yes. It's, it's going to be a blast. I'm excited for the Holy people crap, in Toronto. That They're feels just, like forever ago. Wow. It does feel like forever ago. I mean, the Texas Rangers were in the playoffs. That's how long this ago it true. feels. It's, yep. <laughs> it's a really interesting pitching match of Alec Manoa against Luis Castillo. I am tending to go with the over here, fading the starting pitching a little bit. I don't know if we're going to see a lot of overs early. Obviously, every team has their ace lined up for these game ones, but there's a couple of things within this matchup that make me lean toward the over. Alec Manoa actually had a great quote today. talked about the pressure of playing in the postseason. He said, pressure is what you put in your tires. However, I'm a little bit hesitant to believe that Manoa, who I know is uh, DeBundo's buddy, Devondo's buddy, Alec Manoa, is, is going to not have a little bit of nerves and jitters there pitching in front of the Rockin' Rogers Center in his first ever postseason start. Getting down to the actual numbers of it, the Mariners walk at the second highest rate in the majors. When Manoa gets into trouble, it's because he's missing, because he's allowing walks. Manoa has is 24th in all of baseball and out of zone swing percentage, but the Mariners are third lowest in baseball and out of zone swing percentage. So it's kind of a battle of, of strengths for both sides. And I like Seattle here to kind of lay off of Manoa's pitches out of the zone, his breaking stuff out of the zone. We saw it in July, Manoa faced the Mariners. He had four walks and seven and a third innings. He doesn't walk that many guys very often. And he's going to be his playoff debut. He's going to be amped up. We saw him in the all-star game going nuts when he was, when he was mic'd up and now with actual real pressure and real stakes, I just kind of feel like Seattle's offense, Seattle's patient offense is going to get the better of him. On the other side, Luis Castillo has one postseason start in his career with Cincinnati a couple of years ago. Toronto's offense is not someone I want to bet against with regardless of who's on the mound. Castillo's a fastball slider changeup pitcher. The Blue Jays are eighth in weighted runs against fastball, third against sliders, seventh against changeup. I think Roger Center is going to be rocking. Manoa is going to be a little shaky, and Toronto's offense is going to have its way over seven, minus 115 or better. I love here. Okay, so we don't have the the fade the public segment labeled in our rundown for this postseason episode, but you might as well have called it fade the public because looking at the action app, 64% of the bets, 93% of the money coming in on the under seven runs. So Colin is going against the people for game one, Jays, Mariners, Castillo, Manoa, your pitching matchup. Anthony, what's your favorite bet for game one? Yeah, I want no part of this Toronto bullpen. They blew multiple leads to Seattle. They They have command issues in general as a bullpen. Seattle has the edge once we get into the bullpens here. But I do think that uh, these pitchers are pretty comparable. But I think that the lineup makes a big difference for Toronto. They are the number one offense in baseball in the last two months. Uh, and that is pretty notable because Seattle's offense has been good, but we don't know the health of Julio Rodriguez. That is a little bit of a concern. Uh, he's going to play, of course, but is he going to run? I don't think so. 
Uh, that definitely takes an element of their offense away. He has not been quite as good when in the lineup in the last month, and obviously he's not healthy. That's a big loss at the top of this lineup. And you just compare the lineup depth. It's not comparable. Toronto goes, you know, eight deep with good hitters and Seattle goes like five deep. Uh, and I think it's a big difference. So at home, I like the Jays in the first five. I don't disagree with Collins over. I think there's of all the games, this is the one I most likely see an offensive outpouring. Seattle sixth lowest bullpen ERA in all of baseball this regular season. And then you Toronto middle of the pack, just shy of 3.8. Uh, for an ERA in 2022. Okay, last series before we wrap, let's go to uh, our final series, and then we'll do our best bet for the uh, for all the game ones. We got Padres, Mets, Darvish, Scherzer, your pitching matchup. Mets are of all these teams playing Wild Card Weekend. Mets have the uh, the best odds to win the championship at plus 700. Padres at plus 2800 for the series. Mets at minus 185. Padres plus 150. Those are series prices. What do we like in game one with Scherzer on the mound, Colin? I like the Mets here. I thought this price would be a little higher in uh, Scherzer's direction, so I'm happy to get a first five line around the minus 140 to minus 150 mark. I believe it's minus 140 at BetMGM as we are recording this. Darvish has a little bit of a sketchy postseason history, you know, dating back to his days in Los Angeles, even his days in Texas. Kind of up and down, kind of helter-skelter. Not sure which version of Darvish we're going to get here. He allowed a lot of hard contact this year, despite the fact that he had success over the long haul. He was middle of the pack in exit velocity and hard hit rate in the 19th percentile in barrel rate. And the Mets offense excels at making contact. That's what they do more than anything else. They were third in the in contact rate behind just the Guardians and Astros. They're also just 16th in out-of-zone swing rate, which is a necessity for Darvish with his plethora of pitching options, his ability to go outside of the zone and induce swings and misses. I don't think the Mets are going to deal with that with much of an issue. The other side, Scherzer Scherzer. I don't really need to say much about him other than I think that he's going to be fired up and just absolutely shove in front of the Queens crowd. Like the Mets' first five, minus 140, that's my number one bet recommendation. I'll probably be taking their full game as well. Makes sense. You're, you're taking, you're, you're looking at the pitching matchup. Both have experience. One does well, one hasn't. And you mentioned Darvish on the Rangers when they were in the playoffs, which is again, I thought to myself, oh crap, he's been in the league that long now, you Darvish. He was on the Rangers playoff roster. Here's he actually had one playoff start for the Cubs too and did really well in that start. Oh crap. That's right too. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. He's been around in the playoffs. Doesn't do all that well. Scherzer does do well. Anthony, what do you got for uh, this series? Yeah, I'm kind of torn on this one. You know, I think the, the the public narrative on the Mets has gotten way, way too sour. I mean, they won 100 games. Yes, they got swept in Atlanta. That yeah, was embarrassing. But they won 100 games. And yes, I'm a Phillies fan. I love making fun of the Mets. But like, they're really freaking good. Uh, and they are excellent. And they have the two best one. They have the best one-two combo in all of baseball. They're still very yeah. dangerous. I still think they're going to win this series. Uh, I'm not laying the juice on it. This game is an interesting under for me. If it gets a six and a half, I'm on it. Right now it's sitting at six and it's tilting toward the over. Over is minus 120. If we get to six and a half, I will be betting the under in this game. Basically, I, I don't think both offenses are particularly well suited for playoff baseball. San Diego's defense is excellent. Darvish pitching in a big ballpark like City Field. His home run problem is a little bit lessened. It's going to be a chilly evening tomorrow night, potentially late in City Field. Um all the run environment suggests both of these offenses are bottom half of the league in hard hit rate and outside the top 10 in barrels. 
And what we know about the playoffs is yes, striking out is not striking out as good, but if you can't hit for power, it's hard to string together singles and hits against really, really good pitching, which is what you're going to get in this series. Uh, Darvish has been excellent the last month. One of the best pitchers in the league. We know Scherzer's going to deliver in this Padres offense. They are so patient that I think it almost becomes a problem because if Scherzer's command is good, they're going to be down 0-1 and 1-2 all night long, and they're going to have a hard time scoring. So I like I lean to the under here, but I'm waiting for a six and a half. If we if we get it, if not, I'll sit around and wait. Maybe look for a live under if there's an early run or two because the pitchers are jittery. Public loves the Mets. Two thirds of the money, two thirds of the bets coming in on New York to win Game One. Uh, the odds again at minus one forty five for the full game on BetMGM. Yeah, this is why you got Scherzer, right? Like take the stink out of the Mets and. Big boy arm who's been in the spot. That's that's why you got this guy, even though the sticks aren't uh, aren't as hot as you'd like them to be, or it's, they're not as uh, threatening as folks might think. This the sour part you're getting at. Okay, finally, before we go, last part of the show, best bet for the day for game one. So all of the game ones tomorrow at 12, 2, 4, and 8 Eastern. Colin, you first, then Anthony. Just go out there and try to have fun, you know. You know, having fun is the name of the game. Hey, you trying to make an ass of me? Yeah, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Rays. First five innings against the Cleveland Guardians. Shane McClanahan has not looked like himself since returning from injury in four starts. However, those four starts came against the two best offenses in baseball, the Astros and Blue Jays. He's coming into this game with an extra day's rest. I trust Tampa's staff, their medical training staff, to get him ready. I don't think he would be starting this game if he weren't ready to start this game. And he's a left-handed pitcher going against Cleveland's offense. That is one of the worst in baseball against left-handed pitching. 84 weighted runs created plus 16% below league average. Ahead of only the Diamondbacks, Pirates, and Marlins in all of baseball over the course of the full season, only Andres Jimenez and Ahmad Rosario are above average against lefties. Josh Naylor won't be in the lineup against the lefty. And Jose Ramirez goes from being a superhero to a mere mortal when facing left-handed pitching. Tampa, on the other hand, against a right-handed pitcher in Shane Bieber. The other Shane in this matchup have a plethora of right-handed hitting options who should give Bieber some fits. G-Man Choi, Harold Ramirez, Yandy Diaz, Randy Rosarina, all significantly above average against right-handed pitching. And we saw them give Shane Bieber fits a couple months ago when they faced off. He allowed four earned runs in six innings against these Rays. There's also an X factor in Tampa's lineup. That needs to be mentioned. I think that we could be in for a very big postseason out of Wander Franco. We remember him as a former number one global prospect. Kind of had a forgotten year this year as he battled a lot of injuries. Since September 1st, he's hitting 322, 381, 471 with nine walks against just seven strikeouts. Franco's in for a big day. Rays are going to grab a one nothing series lead on the road, I like the Rays' first five innings at plus 110. And I'll also sprinkle a little player prop there and Wander Franco over at one and a half total bases at plus 150. I'm going to take the Philadelphia Phillies in the first five innings, minus 110. Zach Wheeler is about a run better than Jose Quintana by just about any metric you look at. Quintana's had an awesome year. Credit to him pitching in the NL Central all year. He has benefited from playing a lot of NL Central opponents and a lot of bad lineups. And what we've seen from these NL Central and AL Central teams, only one of them in the last three years has won a series. They are one and 10 combined. It has been a rough go when they've had to step up in competition. I think that's going to be a bit of a problem for the Cardinals here, going up against one of the best pitchers in the National League, the reigning Cy Young runner up in Zach Wheeler, who has thrown 15 innings since coming back from injury, 15 strikeouts, one walk, one run. He's pitching in dominant form right now, at least for the first five innings. 
I think he'll be able to get through this St. Louis lineup. St. Louis's lineup much better against lefties, whereas you get a Phillies lineup that is also much better against lefties facing Quintana. They've been a top three offense since the trade deadline against Southpaws. I think the Phillies get to Quintana much more than the Cardinals get to Wheeler. So give me the Phillies in the first five. Okay. Very good, everybody. Thank you, gentlemen. Great work. That'll do it for this episode of Payoff Pitch presented by BetMGM. Please rate, review, subscribe, Payoff Pitch. We greatly appreciate it. Don't forget to follow Anthony, Colin, all of our other contributors over on the Action app. And you can also find our show picks by searching Payoff Pitch Podcast in the Action Network app. Enjoy the games on Friday for Colin Whitchurch, Anthony DeBundo. Brendan Glasheen signing off. We will join you all again on Tuesday of next week to get you set for the latest in the MLB postseason. See ya. Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave.